and for people who may have just stumbled in and don't know who, what it is, it's the Michael Slate Show. And I'm Michael Slate. That's right. I'm Michael Slate. Try and catch me. Try and find me. <laughs> okay. In today's show, we're going to talk about issues and ideas that are crucial for the fate of humanity. But first, check this out. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears, upon the wheels, upon the apparatus. And you've got to indicate to the people who own it, to the people who run it, that unless you're free... That unless you're free... That unless you're free... The machine will be prevented from working at all. Overturn Roe? Hell no! Thursday? Shut it down. Every city, every town. RiseUpForAbortionRights.org That was a famous statement by Mario Savio, one of the leaders of the free speech movement in 1964, read by young activists with Rise Up For Abortion Rights. So at the back of today's show, we'll hear from Skylar Solomon, a leading organizer for Rise Up For Abortion Rights. And right now, we'll hear remarks by Sansara Taylor at a recent virtual forum at Revolution Books in New York. I want to introduce Sansara Taylor who, is, who will be speaking tonight. And Sansara Taylor is a co-host of the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show on YouTube. She is a co-initiator of Rise Up for Abortion Rights, and she's a follower of the revolutionary leader, Baba Vicky. All right, thank you, Michelle. Back in 1964, speaking on Sproul Plaza at the University of California, Berkeley, Mario Savio, a student leader in the free speech movement, made a statement that has rightly become remembered and often quoted since. He said, there is a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even tacitly take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears, upon the wheels, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. So I ask you tonight, right now, as the U.S. Supreme Court is on track the highest court in the land in the most powerful country in the world is on track to decimate women's fundamental right to abortion within a matter of weeks to slam the half of humanity that has been born female violently backwards. Is this not such a time? If we let the US Supreme Court go forward and overturn Roe v. Wade, over 20 states immediately ban or severely restrict abortion. And that's just the beginning. More extreme bans are being introduced and passed almost by the day. In Ohio, just a couple weeks ago, Republican Gene Schmidt introduced a near total abortion ban. When asked, what if a 13 year old girl was raped and became pregnant as a result of the rape, would this child be forced to have her rapist baby? Jean responded, quote, it's a shame that it happens, but there's an opportunity for that young woman, no matter how young or old she is, to make a determination about what she's going to do to help that life be a productive human being. An opportunity? These people, 
These fascist lunatic haters of women have their hands on the levers of the state. Is this not such a time that is so odious, a time that makes you sick at heart that you can't take part, that you can't even tacitly take part? In Louisiana, Republican Danny McCormick proposed a law that would give full constitutional rights to a fertilized egg at the moment of conception, full personhood, and would charge a woman who gets an abortion or anybody who assists her with homicide. Arrests, handcuffs, prison, and yes, the death penalty for women who decide they do not want to be pregnant for whatever reason, or maybe just women who have a miscarriage. Is this not such a time where you've got to put your body upon the gears, upon the levers, upon the wheels of the apparatus and prevent it from functioning at all? And let's be clear, banning abortion will affect all women and girls, not just those who are victims of rape or incest, not just those who develop life-threatening complications during their pregnancies, Forcing women to have children against their will forecloses their dreams, it shatters lives, it drives women and traps women in poverty and abuse. This affects poor, impoverished, black and brown women especially hard, but it affects all women, even women who never become pregnant. It makes them unmistakably aware and it tells all of society that they are viewed in the eyes of the state, in the eyes of a patriarchal male supremacist society as nothing more than baby making machines, that their lives and their humanity doesn't count. So I ask you again, is this not a time for everyone who cares about women and girls and everyone who cares about justice to rise up and to indicate to the people who run this society that unless this is stopped, this machine, their society, will be prevented from functioning at all. Indeed, it is such a time. And this is why it is so important. It is so uplifting. It's so inspiring. And it's so hopeful that there were powerful outpourings last weekend in hundreds of cities across the country, standing up, rising up for abortion rights. And why it is so precious and so inspiring that there have been waves of youth walking out of school across this country from Kentucky to Colorado, to California, to Tennessee, to Arkansas, to New York City, to all across this country, young people who have walked out of class in middle school and college, and most of all in high school, and especially young women, furious women, terrified about their future, but turning that terror and that fear into powerful fury in the streets, and it matters so much. But I will say this here tonight, as beautiful as this is, as promising as it is, as inspiring as it is, it is not yet enough. This has to go higher and it has to happen quickly because it is not enough for people to voice their outrage once. It is not enough to rail against what the Supreme Court is threatening to do to the lives of women and girls for generations to come. We have to make it stop. We have to stop them in their tracks. We have to bring forward such massive, society-wide struggle and resistance, building on what's come forward, but going much, much further, that they are made unmistakably clear that if they go forward, their society will be brought to a halt. We need more students walking out. We need 
campuses empty and college campuses too, not just the high schools. This needs to spread. We need professional athletes wearing green and calling on people and joining the people in the streets. We need all the celebrities, all the prominent artists who signed that beautiful ad. It was good that they did last week in the New York Times with Planned Parenthood, standing up for abortion rights to come out into the streets and use their platforms and their influence to call people forward in struggle now relentlessly. I've heard that there are dozens of corporations that have already, many of them headed by females, already said that if Roe is overturned and abortion is banned and, and there's where their employees live, that they will pay for their employees to travel to states that have abortions. And there's something positive in that, but it is not nearly good enough. They need to give their workers a day off to walk off the job and join people in the streets. There needs to be bringing this society to a halt again, not just for a day, but again and again in growing numbers relentlessly. The freeways should not run. The bridges should be shut down. All of society needs to be brought to a halt to say we will not accept, we will not allow it to go forward for women to be violently enslaved by forced motherhood. And that's what this is. That's what we're facing. So I want to say everybody watching, everybody tuning in tonight, wherever you're watching from in a group by yourself, you have a role to play in this. You have a big role to play in this. Not just yourself participating, which you definitely should but in stepping in and becoming an organizer and fighting for others to become involved as well, in reaching out to all sectors of society and mobilizing others in sounding the alarm and being a moral example by acting yourself and insisting that others join you. Do not underestimate the danger, the horror, the nightmare that will come if we do not stop this from going down. And don't let anybody prettify it for you either. This will be a nightmare for women and girls, and it will accelerate a whole fascist direction in this country that is coming for the rights and the lives of so many other people. But also do not underestimate our power, our power that has just begun to be indicated with the outpourings we've seen, the strength that we have when we stand up with the right on our side. Do not underestimate what you each of you watching can contribute to this and what all of us can do together if we throw down right now. But I wanna say, and I'm gonna spend some time on this, that right at this moment, when the Supreme Court has leaked their draft and it's clear that they're going forward to overturn Roe v. Wade and slam women backwards, right now when the danger could not be more clear and when the potential force that is mighty enough to stop this has been revealed at least in part in these powerful walkouts and protests that we've seen. Right now, the need is the greatest to stay in these streets and step up this struggle. There is a louder and louder drumbeat, a louder and louder drumbeat, almost deafening, coming from the Democratic Party politicians, from the mainstream media, really the bourgeois media that is mouthpieces for them, and by the so-called leaders of the so-called pro-choice movement who are slavishly tied to and subordinated to the Democratic Party, the louder and louder drumbeat insisting that really the most realistic thing right now is to take our fury, our energies off the streets and to channel them once again into voting for these Democrats in the elections in the fall. And there could not be a more deadly piece of advice 
This is something that is warned about in an important recent article by the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, who, I'm a, who I am a proud follower of and who is also the architect of the new communism. He has written an article that's available at revcom.us called The Supreme Court Moves to End Abortion Rights, Taking to the Streets and Refusing to Let This Go Down. Bob Avakian speaks to this critical juncture in the fight for abortion rights, the road forward and avoiding dead ends. And indeed in this piece, Bob Avakian does go into the critical juncture that we are at in the fight for abortion rights right now, this juncture, the road forward. And he goes deeply into what are the dead ends that we need to avoid and why they're dead ends. And I cannot recommend this article strongly enough. It's at revcom.us. It merits study, not just reading study, spreading it, discussing it with others and taking it to heart. There is so much science and so much essential leadership in this article. So I'm gonna draw from it very heavily and the rest of my remarks here. So why would it be deadly to listen to those telling us the most realistic thing to do is to go for the elections in the fall? For one thing, voting for these Democrats in November after the Supreme Court has ruled is too late. We need to stop them from delivering this overturning of Roe. We need to stop them now. It is far harder to win a right back after it has been lost than to defend it while you still have it. Voting for the Democrats in the fall is too late. So that's reason number one. But here's another thing, and this is something B.A. points to, Bob Avakian, B.A., in this piece. He says, voting is not the fundamental way that any advance for the oppressed has come about. This is not the fundamental way that rights and the expansion of rights in this country have been won. To cite a very clear and obvious example that he cites, even the right to vote was not won through voting. Even the right to vote was not won through voting. It was won through people standing up, through marching, through struggling. People went on hunger strike. People went to prison. People faced down white supremacist mobs and tear gas and uh, firebombs. People put their lives on the line for black people to vote. And yes, for women's suffrage, the same. This was a huge struggle. And the same is true for all of the fundamental rights and the advances that people have won, even when those rights are later codified, that is written into the law. Even later, if the, if the government does pass uh, a, a law, a resolution, or a court case that grants officially those rights, fundamentally the reason why that happened was the struggle of the people. And the same is true, as he points out in this piece, for the right to abortion. It had everything to do with the upsurge of the 1960s and 70s, including the women's liberation movement. This is a lot of why the right to abortion was won in the first place. As the great abolitionist leader and former slave Frederick Douglass said, power concedes nothing without a demand. It never has and it never will. So this is the second big reason. We have to wage struggle to defend the right to abortion. It's not gonna come on the cheap. But the problem with relying on the Democrats goes even deeper than this. The truth is, and this is well-documented further in this article than I can get into in this talk, but the Democrats have actually actively aided this assault on abortion rights over decades. This assault on abortion rights has been driven by the Christian fascists with, who are now at the core of the Republican Party. It's been driven by that wing of the ruling class. 
and a lunatic social base they have cultivated. But at every point along the way, the Democrats have conciliated, capitulated, and actually facilitated this attack. For decades, they have repeatedly sought common ground with those attacking abortion, seeking common ground with those who would use the state to hijack women's bodies and take away their freedom and their ability to control their lives. Who could have common ground with forced motherhood? There's no common ground with female enslavement. And yet the Democratic Party insisted on this and disoriented and gave misleadership to generations of young people and others to seek common ground and to be demobilized in the face of this assault. The Democratic Party has even gone so far as to run anti-abortion candidates in the name of seeking common ground. And they have at every point handed over the moral high ground to these Christian fascist lunatics who would enslave women. A, a concentrated example of this is the phrase that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton used for years, as did most of the Democratic Party and most of the so-called pro-choice so-called movement. They said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. And it's important to think about what is the implication of saying abortion should be rare? The implication is there's something wrong with it, something undesirable about it. What it does is it gives the moral high ground and the initiative to these fascists who are demonizing women who get abortions when in fact there is nothing wrong with abortion. It's perfectly morally acceptable. Fetuses are not babies. And it is a very, very good thing, not a bad thing, a beautiful, a great thing for women to have control over their reproduction, their bodies, their lives, their destinies. That's not a bad thing. That's nothing to apologize about. We Abortion does not need to be rare. We need abortion on demand and without apology. This is what we need to fight for. And this gets to another thing that the Democrats will not say and have refused to talk about it. Most of the so-called movement won't either, which is that the fight over abortion is about controlling women. It's an attack on women, on women's very humanity. It's not about babies. As I said, fetuses are not babies. And if they cared about, quote unquote, stopping abortions, they would be the biggest proponents, the fascists of birth control, but they oppose that as well. So it's not about babies. But it's also the Democrats like to say abortion is health care. Everybody's heard that. Abortion is health care. It's a big rallying cry at the rallies last weekend. And of course, abortion is health care. But clinics that do abortions have not been bombed because they're health care. Doctors who do abortions haven't been assassinated because it's health care. Other fields of health are not being targeted in this way. Abortion is being targeted. Yes, it's healthcare, but it's being targeted because abortion gives women control over their bodies, their destinies, and their lives. And it's that that the fascists hate. It's not healthcare in the abstract. It's women. It's women's control over their lives and their bodies. It's women who are under assault. Another thing you hear a lot is this is an attack on bodily autonomy. It's an attack on every person's bodily autonomy. They want to take over people's bodily autonomy. But it's not an attack on bodily autonomy in the abstract, which is not a, it's, it's actually a questionable concept in the way it's used anyhow. But the fascists who are coming after abortion, they have no problem saying my body, my choice when they want to oppose a vaccine mandate that saves lives. They have no problem saying my body, my choice when they refuse to wear masks and they get in your face. They don't have a problem with bodily autonomy in the abstract. They have a problem with women 
And this needs to be said. It needs to be named. We need to call it out. There are haters of women who want to control and subordinate women. And the Democrats won't say that. And I want to say this because this goes in the movement too. Of course, it should go without saying, but it doesn't, so we'll say it. The vicious, bigoted attacks on LGBTQ people and on trans youth in particular need to be vigorously opposed and fought against. But at its essence and its core, the assault on abortion is not an assault on trans people. It is an assault on women. And the fascists will tell you this. They're very upfront about it. I remember the first time that I ever defended an abortion clinic. It was under siege. It was the only abortion clinic up in North Dakota. It was in the 90s. And the Christian fascist fanatics, the terrorists who were out there, the ones who were laying siege to clinics and, and associated with the whole climate where, where doctors were getting murdered, they did this prayer outside that clinic. It was, Lord, please break this curse of independence that has afflicted women. They see that abortion has given women control over their bodies. I keep saying this because it's true and it's so little understood. Abortion is about women. It's being attacked because they hate the freedoms, the relative freedoms women have won. They want to drag women backwards. I've seen this at the only abortion clinic down in Mississippi too, 10 years ago. The fanatics out there were screaming at us, all the typical things. And they were saying with it that everything started to go wrong when women got the right to vote. Women should not vote, their husbands should. Two or three weeks ago, I was in Kentucky where they effectively banned abortion in the entire state, the first state to do so. It's temporarily suspended, but that's still on the books. And we were there <clears throat> and the Christian fascist fanatics who were out countering us got in our faces and said straight up, women should submit to their husbands as their husbands submit to the Lord. It's in the Bible, Ephesians 5.22. They preached this. I challenged the guy, I said, okay, you believe the whole Bible? He said, yeah. I said, what about in Deuteronomy, where they say that women who are not virgins when they get married, who can't prove it with a, with a bloody sheet before the men of the town, all the men in the town should come out and stone that woman to death until she dies. And this man said, well, yeah, adultery is a sin. It should be a matter of civil law. You know, he, he straight up upheld that passage. These are people who hate women, okay? This is not about anything other than that, and we have to name women. And I wanna stay on this just one more minute because I know this has been wildly controversial and a lot of people with very good hearts keep coming to the protests and they keep changing the word woman and they keep saying pregnant people or people in general. They change the chants, they change the speech. They won't say the word woman. And sometimes if you ask them about this, they say, well, Abortion doesn't only affect women. It also affects trans people. It also affects people of color. It also affects the poor. It also affects blah, blah, blah. But I wanna say this, is that this argument that it doesn't just affect women, so let's name everybody else, assumes either one of two things. It either assumes that everybody knows it's about women, which is just not true. Millions and millions and millions are brainwashed to think it's about a quote unquote baby, to not to see the only life at stake is the life of the fetus and to erase the woman entirely. Or it assumes that well, people know it's about women, but there's such little respect and care for women in this society that we have to sell abortion rights by making you think it matters to other people too, which is 
actually, unfortunately, too true. There is way too much tolerance for misogyny, hatred of women, brutality against women, shaming of women, all the all the abuse that women still live with. But the point in the face of that is even more reason it has to be called out and challenged and fought against. So we need to say this is an assault on women, on women's lives. This is a fight that we need to take up because it has everything to do with whether women will be treated as full human beings and actually win their emancipation. Yes, as part of a broader society-wide struggle to emancipate other sections of people as well, which I will get into. So we have to tell the truth and we have to unleash the fury of women. The pent up, suppressed, long suppressed fury that burns in the hearts of millions and millions of women and girls across this country that we have begun to see erupt. But there is a fury and you've seen it erupt all over the world that burns in the hearts of women, whether it's on the surface right now or not, it is a powerful force against the thousands and thousands of years of traditions chains, the thousands of years of the ways that women have been treated as punching bags, as property of men, as sex objects, as objects of sexual plunder, as baby making machines, as the butt of a joke, as less than fully human, as servants. Women need to be that fury at all of that over generations and generations is a powerful force. And right now it needs to be made manifest. We need to call it for, we've begun to see it. It needs to go further. We need furious young women all over in the streets and in all the other places, women of all ages. And we need everybody who cares about justice standing with them. This is a powerful force in waging this fight. And it needs to come out into the streets right now. Tomorrow, there are walkouts nationwide. Next Thursday, there's a nationwide shutdown that's been called by Rise Up for Abortion Rights. There are ways to manifest this together with others to puncture society and call for many more people. And beyond that, we have to do more than even these two days. We have to build sustained, growing, mass struggle that really does make good on stopping society. That is so much more powerful. It will matter so much more to those sitting in the halls of power than going and casting your ballot for these Democrats to give them their your approval as they go and capitulate and conciliate again and again with these fascists. <clears throat> so I wanna say that it's also necessary to confront the even deeper reasons the Democrats continue to act the way they do and can only act the way they do. And why the elections under this system can never be the means through which people affect real change. Bob Avakian goes deeply into this in his article as well. He exposes the reality that these Democrats are representatives not of the people, but of the system that rules over the people. The system of capitalism imperialism. And their primary role, the primary role of these Democrats is to keep people believing in this system and keep this system functioning smoothly. And even as it continues with its oppression of women, its white supremacy and other oppression, its massive relations of exploitation, not just in this country, but even more around the world, keep people believing that if they just keep voting for these Democrats, they just keep working within the terms and the limits this system gives them, there'll be some hope for change when it actually, the system's very nature, the limits it gives you are precisely geared to a system 
that cannot be changed. It cannot be reformed. And the Democrats cannot do other than operate on the basis of this system. And I want to quote from him in this article. He says, an essential reason for the Democrats' increasing capitulation to the fascists is this. While the fascists are determined to rally their base behind lunatic views and their aggressively oppressive and repressive agenda, and they eagerly welcome the ways this challenges and tears up the established norms, the Democrats are dedicated to an increasingly failing attempt to maintain those norms and to continue trying even as they fail to overcome the divisions and polarization in society. This is an orientation and an, and an approach that is bound to perpetuate very real horrors, including male supremacy, as well as white supremacist oppression, brutality and terror, and to continually give rise to even greater horrors. So going, into, going fully into why only a real revolution can solve this, and why the sharpening divisions among the rulers not only hold the potential for tremendous horror, but also could provide the openings to bring forward a real revolution and open the door to a new society on the road to real emancipation. Going into all of this is beyond the scope of what I can engage fully tonight and get into here tonight. But I want to invite you and I wanna challenge every one of you who is watching to not only ask but to seek answers and to act on the answers to these big questions. Why is it that 50 years after women won the right to abortion in this country, is this right coming under such sustained and now existential attack by Christian fascist lunatics at the highest level of the state and throughout society? Why are we still living in a world in 2022 that drips with white supremacy? from the ongoing unrelenting police murder and mass incarceration to the rising vigilante and mob violence like this horrific massacre in Buffalo just a few days ago? Why do we live in a society and a world that is ravaged by imperialist wars and is now flirting with World War II that could go nuclear and take all of human civilization with it? Why is it that despite summit after summit, and all the honeyed words of many politicians in this country and around the world, we are still accelerating under this system towards the destruction of our planet. And what does all this have to do with the system we live under, capitalism, imperialism? And could there be a different world, a different system, a different way beyond all this madness? Could that be real through a real revolution? And how could we make such a revolution? I wanna urge you to ask these questions and to dig for answers and to dig into the work that Bob Avakian has done where you will find profound answers. You can find the work he has done at revcom.us, the website, including the article I've been highlighting tonight. And also we bring this to you, rooted in Bob Avakian's leadership and the, and the new communism that he has forged every week on the RNL, the Revolution Nothing Less show, which I co-host together with Andy Z at youtube.com slash the Revcoms. I urge you to subscribe, to watch every week, to spread that and share it with your friends. And I invite you and urge you to learn about and get into and join the Revolution Club, to powerfully represent for this revolution, to fight the power and be part of transforming the thinking, lifting people's sights towards revolution as you learn more about this yourself. To the youth, who are so righteously furious that they have been born at a time 
when it seems there is no hope for the future, you do not have to be denied a future. There is a way out and there is a basis for hope and daring and a scientific foundation. That is my challenge and my invitation to everybody of all ages. You will find that in this revolution. At the same time, in closing, I wanna emphasize that for all of us, truly all of us who care about women and girls and everybody who cares about justice, whether we see or are coming to see the need for revolution and the possibility and the import of being part of fighting for this revolution, or whether you are still convinced that this system can be reformed into something that meets the needs of the people, and you are gonna vote for these Democrats in November. Wherever you fall on that spectrum, we need to be out in these streets. We need to be standing shoulder to shoulder. We need to be rallying more people to stand up right now to stop this Supreme Court from overturning Roe v. Wade and decimating women's right to abortion. This is on us. There is no other force. The Democrats are not going to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. We are the ones who have to get out there. We've seen the potential power. We have to call it forward. We have to double down. We have to pull out all the stops. And we have to do this now. We have to aim very high. Tomorrow, there are walkouts nationwide called for by riseupforabortionrights.org. They need to be powerful. They need to be massive. They need to be ferocious. And they need to continue to spread. Next Thursday, May 26th, riseupforabortionrights.org has put out the call for people coming from very different perspectives united in this, put out the call for people to leave work and school at noon, to go into the streets with your, if you're a musician, bring your instruments. If you're an athlete, bring your team. If you're a religious congregation, bring it all out there in the streets together. Teach your class in the streets, everybody into the streets. If you're on the freeways, Drive real slow and bring it to a halt on the, on the bridges and the tunnels everywhere in society. People need to bring this society to a halt and launch even greater, even greater levels of struggle, mass struggle and refusal to let the Supreme Court get away with taking away women's right to abortion. Together, let's really make good on the orientation that as I began, this is a time when the operation of the machine has become so odious has made us so sick at heart that we can't take part. We can't even tacitly take part. And we've got to put our bodies on the gears and the levers and the wheels upon all the apparatus. And we've got to call forward others to join us and we've got to make it stop. And we've got to indicate to the people who run it, the people who own it, that unless we're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. So let us stop the Supreme Court from decimating abortion rights and let's do this as part of building up the strength and the struggle on the side of the people to win a whole better world. Thank you. That was Ansara Taylor at a recent virtual forum at Revolution Books in New York. Taylor. Just try through the square Proud. Is it time now to take cover? 
Before we hear from Skylar Solomon, I'd like to uh, play a clip from Paxton Smith, who became famous when she spoke up about abortion rights in her graduation speech in Texas. She's speaking at a rally earlier this month. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not willing to see another generation of people forced to have children against their will. I'm not willing to see another generation of people being put in prison for up to life sentences for providing abortion care. I'm not willing to see another generation of people dying 100% preventable deaths. I'm not willing to see that. And if you're not willing to see that either, then this is an invitation. This is an invitation to join the movement, join the fight. And what I mean by that is not donate to one organization, show up to one event, wipe your hands clean and saying you did your part. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you show up time and time again, that you be allowed, that you be outspoken about this. What I mean, what I'm asking is that even when you're uncomfortable, even when you're exhausted, even when you would rather be doing anything else in the world than advocate for ourselves, that you continue to advocate for these rights. What I'm asking is that you come at this with the strength and the grit and the persistence that this movement needs so that we can continue not only advocating for ourselves, but advocating for our past generations and our future generations, for everyone that comes after us. So this, this is an invitation. I'm asking you, what will you do after today? Because I'm counting on you. We, We are all counting on you and everyone who comes after us is counting on you. So what will you do after today? Fight! Show me. Now, let's hear Skylar Solomon. Hello, my name is Skylar Solomon, and I'm one of the lead organizers with Rise Up for Abortion Rights, working with the Los Angeles chapter. I am going to be reading and responding to some questions from Michael Slate today that he sent to me via email. So we're just going to get started. So what does Rise Up for Abortion Rights have coming up? What are our plans right now? So we actually have a really exciting action coming up on May 26th, and we are calling for a nationwide strikes, walkouts, and real shutting down of society. And we are asking on of people to walk out of work, walk out of school, wherever you are at noon, you drop what you're doing and converge into the streets for an hour, you know, or the or the day if you can. Uh, you know, businesses, give your employees a paid hour off or a paid day off so they can get where the, out where they are needed most and where it's the most important place for them to be, and that is in the streets in protest. Corporations, close your doors, give your employees the day off if you can. Uh, you know, converge in the streets whenever possible. We're on the precipice of a major hurtling backwards. And if we do not act in mass sustained protest and show that the people will not allow this great atrocity to happen of overturning Roe versus Wade, then then we have the possibility to stop the Supreme Court from taking away abortion rights. And that's what we're going to do with this mass shutdown. We're calling on all people to act in, in unity right now, all organizations, all people of conscience to get out there. There are many groups and prominent individuals who are uh, you know, are talking about abortion rights and reproductive rights right now. But Rise Up for Abortion Rights is a little different. And we do have two points 
that really highlight that. And one is that we need to prevent, we need to fight to prevent the Supreme Court from overturning Roe v. Wade. And as one of our slogans say, overturn Roe, hell no. And the other uh, difference is that we are calling for taking to the streets in sustained nonviolent action to make the U.S. ungovernable. So what's so different about these points is most prominent individuals and leaders of different uh, reproductive rights and abortion rights groups, they're advocating more so for a, this is already a done deal. We just need to prepare for a post-Roe world and just need to vote it out in November and hope that it turns out in our favor and we'll be able to fight back in that way. And what makes us so different is we're saying we need to stop this from happening now. We can't wait until November because it will already be too late. What would happen if we allow Roe to fall without a fight is this paves the way for further oppression. This is giving a stamp of approval for some of the heinous abortion bans that have been unleashed on this country, both that have passed and are recently enacted, or that will pass instantaneously if Roe versus Wade is overturned. We're already hearing stories about women in Texas who are having a miscarriage and their body couldn't pass the pregnancy and they weren't able to get the medication that they needed immediately in order to get life-saving care. They had to struggle with different pharmacies to prove themselves. Their doctors had to struggle with pharmacists to prove that this wasn't an abortion. It was life-saving medical care for a miscarriage. There are states right now that are passing and working on legislation that you know, Oklahoma, just this week, that gives full personhood from the moment of conception. So a fertilized egg has full constitutional rights. And if someone were to have an abortion or to even miscarry, if you're not able to prove that that wasn't an abortion, you can get charged with homicide. They're seeking the death penalty for women who have sought abortions and even miscarriages. This is what that opens up to. There are laws right now that are giving rapist families the right to sue abortion providers and victims for up to $20,000 for each family member can sue to win this for seeking an abortion or providing an abortion. This is a direct attack on the people of this country and mainly on women. This is, uh, this is violence. This is an attempt to hijack our bodies, to foreclose our dreams, our futures, and take control. This is politicians making decisions based off of health, and it will end in many, many people dying. And what's even worse, as terrible as that is, it's hard to imagine how it can get any worse, but this is only opening the door for further attack on freedoms. The writing in this draft decision, if it if it is published and becomes law, which it is not yet law, and the people have the power to prevent it from becoming law, but if it follows through, it references another important Supreme Court case, which acknowledges that the right to same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. And this languaging opens the door and signals that that's the next right that they're going to roll back next. Overturning Roe sets a new precedent it's the first time in our history where we begin 
losing rights, and it will only be the beginning. Justices and politicians and the Conservative Party have already indicated that they want to see birth control go back to the states. States are working on legislation right now to ban IUDs and other forms of birth control. They have indicated that they want to see interracial marriage go back to the states, right to privacy go back to the states, even school segregation to go back to the states. So if we simply allow this to happen, that is giving a stamp of approval. And we cannot wait till November because it is easier to defend a right that we have than it is to win back a right once lost and to hope that maybe the elections will turn out in our favor is foolhardy because the polls have already showed that this issue is not bringing people to the polls as it should and that is so desperately needed right now and i hope everyone listening does take this seriously and and will do some research on on their own local areas for and and politicians to make sure you're voting for people who will fight for this right nonetheless but we can't wait for that because it will be too late and we and there's no guarantee that it will turn out into our favor and so not all people to take action now in any way that you can get out and protest do banner drops sound the alarm about what is going on call people into the streets and take action because it is not too late to stop this from happening the people have the power, great power, to compel the Supreme Court and politicians to do what's right. We've done it before, and we will do it again. That is how almost every major right in this country has been won, is through mass struggle. And what Rise Up for Abortion Rights takes our inspiration from is the women in Argentina and Colombia and Mexico who started in small groups and grew into their millions and took to the street wearing their green bandanas, creating the green wave, and they fought, and they won the right to abortion in deeply conservative states. And we are going to be able to protect the right to abortion and many other rights through this mass struggle. May 14th, organizations like Planned Parenthood and the Women's March held protests around the country for the first time since October. And a few days later, thousands of Jewish people rallied for abortion rights. And this is a positive development, and but we need more. But there's still a growing drumbeat of people um, that we like to call naysayers, saying that we can't win and, and that we do just need to, to wait for November. And, and for those of you, I, I really want to challenge that while voting is important, it is not the only way to drive change. And it has never been the only way that has created change. We need to all work in tandem right now, unifying from all perspectives and, and tackling this issue in a multitude of different ways so that we can win. Because when we are united in this struggle, when we act together in synchronicity and, and with the power of all of our individual talents and skill sets and passion, we have the power to drive change. So whoever you are listening to this right now, and to all of the people who think, mm, maybe this is a little far-fetched, I would like to challenge you to find what avenue makes the most sense to you. Is waiting and hoping that maybe this will turn out in our favor really, really the risk that you want to take right now with so many rights and so many lives on the line? Or do you want to take action to do everything that you can to prevent a great atrocity from happening? If you don't have a lot of time, I understand. 
you don't have to be doing this all day. You don't have to become a full-time activist to drive change. Even if you're sending out a few emails on your breaks, asking organizations to speak up and call people into the streets, that makes a huge difference. Even if you are grabbing some chalk and calling people out onto the streets May 26th saying, close down your business, get out into the streets, call out, take a sick day from work, get out into the streets May 26th, and you're chalking around your town, that makes a difference. Even if you are sharing our posts or making a video of your own about why abortion, protecting abortion rights is so important and calling people to take action, that is so important. We all have different skill sets and passions. Skaters are doing a skate out on May 26th. You know, different organizations are closing their doors. Some people are painting their bodies and going out into the streets and making giant canvases of art pieces to to depict the importance of abortion rights. There's so many ways that you can get involved. But please, we need you now to get involved. The lives of millions are relying on you to get involved in any way that you can. So for everyone listening right now who is interested in learning more or wants to get involved, uh, you can visit, you can learn more at riseup4abortionrights.org to learn more about our May 26 actions and future actions. Or you can follow our national page, which is rise, the number four, abortion rights on Instagram, or you can follow the local Los Angeles chapter, which is RISE, the number four, Abortion Rights LA, to stay in touch with all of our local actions that would be taking place in Southern California. And please, everyone, wherever you are, at noon, your time, walk out of work, walk out of school, close your business, slow down on the streets, whatever you can do take place on this mass walkout and shut down on May 26th. And I look forward to seeing you out in the street. That was Skylar Solomon of Rise Up for Abortion Rights. Now we're going to hear from Bob Avakian, leader of the revolution and the author of The New Communism on Abortion, Rape, and Pornography. And along with this, women are subjected to continual assaults on their right to abortion and even birth control. 
Don't let these people tell you, these so-called right-to-lifers, that the issue is the killing of innocent babies. The issue is the control over women exercised by forcing them to be mothers, whether or not they want to be at that time. Now, to have children, to raise children, can be a really beautiful experience if that's what you want to do and if you feel in a position to do it in the way that you feel that it should be done. But to have it forced on you is virtual enslavement. Not to even have the choice as to whether you will do that. And the, here's the key to how you know, or one key to how you know this is not about killing of innocent babies. Try to find one of these rabid anti-abortion groups that is also not opposed to birth control. You'll have a very hard time. They're all opposed to birth control because the issue is not the killing of innocent babies. It's the control and subordination of women who are regarded as getting all out of hand these days in this society, which is another reason why we have, or a contributing factor to why we have this vicious pornography. So the goal of these tax attacks on abortion and, yes, on birth control, the right to them, is to deny women the ability to, to determine something as basic as when or if they will have children and raise children or be part of raising them, forcing motherhood on them once again and enslaving them in that way. Along with all this, millions of women and girls Millions every year in this country alone are raped, assaulted, battered, and abused, often by those who claim to be their intimate lovers, while the half of humanity that is female is everywhere treated as less than fully human. Once again, I think about the experience of black people in slavery. You know what one of the main terms the slave owners used to describe the slaves? Talking tools. Because this is how they regarded them, and this is how they were treated. They were put on the auction block to be sold, and their physical attributes were examined. Their teeth, if they were women, their reproductive potential, their body shapes, their ability to work hard, their musculature. All this was examined in the most degrading way. And you think of the same thing with women today, reduced to objects to be used by men, treated as brood animals to turn out babies, and as unthinking flesh to be consumed and plundered with their bodies and body parts used to sell products pimped out and beaten into submission, plundered to portray and promote sex as conquest and domination by men instead of shared pleasure based on mutual affection and equality. All of this degrades and demeans not only the women who are directly subjected to the most extreme forms of this, but all women everywhere. What kind of system is this? And why should anyone accept that this is the best possible way the world could be? And those whose sexual orientation is different from, 
and seen as posing a threat to the dominant gender and sex relations, lesbian and, lesbians and gays, bisexual and transgendered people, or those who are simply unsure about their sexuality and questioning it at a given time, are harassed, bullied, often bullied to the point of committing suicide, brutalized and even murdered. And despite certain changes in law and government policy, the reality of LGBT people being discriminated against, insulted, and even assaulted continues as a marked feature of the culture and society bound up with deep-seated structural relations of this whole system, closely connected to the patriarchy and male supremacy that oppress women. That was Bob Avakian on abortion, rape, and pornography. And that brings us to the end of yet another show. I want to thank my assistant producer, Henry Carson, my production assistant, Jeff Pryor, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas about the show, or if you want to volunteer to be part of the show, write to me at mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. Manhattan Then we take